Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Gutsy Ladies podcast today. And especially as you will have seen in the title that this episode is about the concept or process of retirement. And this is very much, this whole episode is the five things that I wish I'd known at 45 years of age, just as I was starting my midlife journey. Um, What were the five things I wish I'd known at 45 to be able to retire, not just early, but retire well? And the reason I'm bringing this episode in is because I can tell you that at 45 years of age, following the blindsiding that I had had and financially my husband and I had had and restarting our lives at 45, we actually thought that our dreams of a really nice retirement were pretty much done and dashed because we just felt, my God, how do you start over at 45 and also get to live a really good um, retirement? And so much has happened. I'm sitting here as a 55-year-old woman now sharing this with you. And so the reason I want you to know this stuff, particularly at 45, is that the 10 years, the intervening 10 years, I'm putting into five things. That 10 years is snapshot into five key learnings for me. And if my 45-year-old self had known this, I reckon I could have shaved at least five of those years off. So... It's really interesting if you're listening to this podcast and you are basically you were born in the 60s, the life expectancy of anyone in Australia, um, particularly a woman in Australia, born in the 60s, I'm born at 67, is our life expectancy is 85 years of age. For men, it's 81. And so once again, if you're at 45 starting over again, you can see there's at least... 40 years ahead of you. So why would it be that we would be thinking, my God, this is almost an impossible mountain to climb? And that, my friends, is because we are conditioned very much around um, a certain style of retirement. We are conditioned that really there is the superannuation world to be in and that that relies on the beautiful gift of time and compounding and putting, you know, consistent amounts of money in over a long period of time. And you may also have other investments that you'd be looking at, very conventional things such as real estate and property and also using shares. And, you know, there's no way I'm giving you this episode for financial advice. The reason I'm bringing this forward is that when we talk about retirement, and the financial piece of it, I think we're conditioned to believe that that is really the main road and the only safe road forward 
to get a really comfortable retirement. And that has not been the case for my husband and I, and it's definitely not been the case for so many people that we have been surrounding ourselves with, particularly in the last five years. And so that's where these five things I want to share with you are coming from. There is so much potential to retire early and retire well, even starting as we are again in our 55s. Um, I've got people in my world who have kicked off whole new lives again in their 60s and they are on target to be able to retire really, really well. So uh, that's the first thing I want to smash really is the myth, I think, that there's, there's really only one key way to do this well. And if you're not on that path, and certainly at fifty, at 45 years of age, my husband and I had basically bugger all super because of everything we'd chosen to be part of leading up to that point. And, and also we didn't actually, at 46, we owned a home again. So, you know, back into mortgage world. And yeah, I'm, I'm here to be able to tell you there are so many roads to having a good retirement, a great retirement. And also to be able even to retire early. So before I go into those five things, the other thing I want to just sort of mention is around the concept of retirement. And I think it's really cool that now in in Australia, there's no fixed retirement age anymore. Um, Some of you may have 67 in your head, and that is based on changes um, that are linked to the age pension. And so there's been some shifts and some timings around the age pension, but there's no fixed retirement age. So in Australia, you do not have to retire at a certain age, which thank God for that, to be honest. The level of flexibility that is in our lives today, let alone in our working lives, thank God that's caught up as well. But it's interesting, when I first really thought about the concept of retirement, it was a very much a fixed end point. Like I got to that point in the road and that's where it ended, i.e. my working life ended and that, you know, that heavenly world of not working started. But now there's some other language that I want you to consider and it's the concept of active retirement and I'm um, working and, you know, in the space of a lot of people that are doing what I would call a hybrid. So they're choosing to finish full-time work but they want to still have, um, they enjoy working and they enjoy uh, providing um, their experience and knowledge and and having that sense of purpose. So they bring in um, consulting style world or a part-time world into, into their being. So while they have that active retirement piece has a blend of um, a bit more other hobbies and um, maybe travel or, you know, looking after grandchildren, if that's what you want to do, whatever is on your radar in the non-work space gets a little bit stronger, but they also keep in a measure of work. And that if you can picture a seesaw, it goes from very much full-time work at one end of the um, seesaw with, um, you know, you only get the Saturdays and Sundays off to be able to have the time that's not work and then just really that active retirement piece is moving from the seesaw at one end tipping to middle ground and then going to the other end and you may only get to the other end of that seesaw in your 80s you know it's not unheard of in this day and age that people are you know doing part-time they might even be doing up to 20 hours a week 
in a role that they love and it suits them and it's a paid role um, in that active retirement space in their 80s. And why not? Oh, my God. How much experience can someone in those with those decades under their belt and also great awareness of what that experience is, think about what they can bring to the table. And then the third area around retirement, or the third, third language that I want you to think about is phased retirement. And it is linked in with active retirement. But for some people, they still would really like at a fairly definitive point to stop working. But based in around that is where they choose to take bigger gaps of time in the lead up to that. So they might take their long service leave and take their foot off the pedal for sort of a three-month period and then they might do it in a for a nine-month period and then a six-month period. So that phase retirement, and that can be if, if you are in a partnership, it could be that one partner is doing that while the other's still at work, vice versa, or then as you come together, both of you choose to take, you know, three months off, then six and nine months. But I suppose those three different ways of looking at retirement are just the tip of the iceberg. As anything in life, when you realise that you can choose what you want, you put aside any conditioning and the conditioning being around what you um, experienced as part of a family or part of a culture, part of an organisation, you park all of that and you spend some time getting clarity around what you want and what you choose, your picture of retirement in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now is on you. And I think that's one of the most potent things to really understand. And if you are in a partnership, also realize that just because your partner may not be ready to even discuss this and consider this for a raft of reasons, that that does not mean that you shouldn't be if you've got yearnings to consider what life looks like other than full-time work. And look, this is the basis of a really cool guide. It's a working guide that I've come up with that um, a lot of the elements I'm talking about today are covered in. So if this resonates with you, I'd love you to um, click on the link that'll be available in the notes and download this guide because it's a workbook that you can actually go through. It's got actionable steps that helps you to even understand what it is that life could look like for you, basically, as you consider a work other than full-time working. So what are the five things? And I'm, I'm not going to give you the five up front, which is a bit unusual to my usual style, but I'm going to give them to you one after each other. And the first one is pretty much the statement that it is never too late to get your act together and retire well. As I said, it's certainly at 45, 46, um, I had that reckoning, that blindsiding, that financial, I had to rebuild all of that. And I can pretty much say it took till about 50 when it was right out. Now we're feeling a bit more comfortable. What's our action moving forward? And we are well and truly on path now to having a really, really good retirement for us. What I will say is it's never too late to do this, but the later you leave it, the more courage, <laughs> the more mental energy and 
the more education you are going to need to be able to speed up a process that is easier to do with 40 years ahead of yourself, 60 years ahead of yourself. So I'm not sort of Pollyannaing it and saying that it's easy to get your act together in your 60s and retire well. The longer it takes to get your act together, you know, it requires more energy, more courage, more shutspa, I call it, but it's still possible. And so if you're listening to this and you may feel hopeless and it's over and I couldn't possibly restart, like anything I work with my clients, the first realisation or the first thing to take on is it is possible. So when we know things are possible, we can start to move forward. And we move forward with baby steps. We get support and we move forward with baby steps. But you can only start to do that when you acknowledge that it is a possibility. And I'm here to tell you it is a possibility. Um, It's important also at that point to recognise the strength and the weakness in our human biology around conformity. So if you are spending all of your time with people that have gone a very conventional route for retirement and they've got their ducks in line from a very early age and, you know, they've just got a very conventional plan there and and they're on target and you're not, just realise that being with those people can feed that frustration, discontent and hopelessness. So you need to start bringing humans into your world that are at the same stage as you, may have had the same experiences as you, and most importantly, have got the same desires of you. And that means getting into um, sort of mind masterminds or coaching groups or go and get some education with people who know what it's like to be starting later in life to get this retirement picture going well. So it, it is important. The people you surround yourself with is so important in your change process if you've got one on the cards. Um, I think, so that's the first thing. It's never too late. You can always get your act together. The second thing is it's never about how much money you've made or you will make in the future. It's never what it's been about. I should actually, I'm going to refrain that actually. It's never about the money you earn. It's never about the money you earn. And that is, I've changed that from the money you make. And the reason is I've had to change that because my language has got so strong these days from earning to making. And the reason my language has done that is because I've made it very deliberate choice um, to use a different framework. And it's very strong in the investing world that we're working in is that we are all about our money making money for us. Okay, Um, I still have a business and I still have products that I sell, but I'm not on an hourly rate. I, you know, my whole world is very much in a business sense. And a lot of this came from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a really fundamental shift for myself, how I saw how to build businesses and um, also how I looked at investing. And so I'm very much about making money rather than earning money. But I want to step into the earning space for now. And if you're someone listening to this who's on a salary and got no desire to be in business, great, know know thyself. Then one thing I have learnt from the earning space, it's never about what you're earning. And I'm pretty confident you actually know what I'm talking about here. Because if we think it's all about just earning more and more and more, the challenge as humans in our Western world is we, the more we earn, 
the greater our expenses can get unless we're mindful. So, you know, we earn more, so therefore we get the flasher car, the flasher house, the flasher education, the flasher, um, all the doodads that come with that unless we don't, unless we're really deliberate about it. So getting caught up with it's all about how much you earn in relation to how well you retire, it's, again, I think that is a major furphy. So, and another piece for that is too, particularly in your midlife as you start to climb that ladder and you do start to earn some really big bickies, they come with conditions. And I work with clients who have climbed the corporate ladder and I can think of one woman right now and she has actually made it in her eyes. It's exactly the position she wanted. Massive um, corporate environment based out of Melbourne, running a team. She's earning big, big bickies. But guess what? They own her. Her hours her not, are not her own. Her, you know, 60-hour week would be easy comparatively. So that's hard too if you are looking at, you know, what what time you have available to be bringing in other sources and revenue streams that help you with that retirement strategy as well. So, again, I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying if you can't manage on the money that you currently have, going and earning more ain't going to solve it. And I know that emphatically. It's about, you know, one of the foundations for any retirement plan, whether you start late or you start early, is being able to manage the money that's currently in your sphere. Where does it go? What am I spending it on? Where else could it be going to make some money for me? Um, And how much do I really, really want to use to live off? That's a really interesting thing. and And I'm pretty sure I cover that in one of my other ones is that, yes, it's in the next point. Because it fascinates me that people really, one of the challenges they've got around retirement or what life looks like outside of working full time is they've been led to believe they need, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to live that lifestyle well. They've never taken the time to sit down and actually work out what it is that they want. And what's the number, what putting a financial picture against it and then going, oh, actually not as bad as I thought or this is where we're sitting this is the gap we've got maybe we don't really think you know we want what we you know we don't really need or we don't really want what we think we want because again we've been conditioned to believe certain things are required you know you need the overseas trip every single year that's not for everybody work out what it is for you so that brings me a hundred percent to the third point And it's this power of reverse engineering. And the power of reverse engineering only happens when you get clear on what you want. And as I said, this is is a big part of the workbook that um, getting on the same page, all about retirement and how you can actually start to spend a bit of time working out what it is you want in a world outside of full-time work. And the power of reverse engineering is the fact that we go to the end. We go and visualise and spend some time reflecting on what that life is we want when we're not working at all. What does it look like in a day-to-day sense, in a week-to-week sense? Who are we spending time with? What are the activities we're doing? What are the activities we're not doing? 
And then once you're getting clear on that picture, it's working out what is a number associated with that. I mean, it's like like what home are we living in? In the home we're living in, what are the activities that may be in that home too? It's it's very common these days that you can have a residence where you've got an income stream as well, such as an Airbnb or um, bringing in another income stream as well. There are so many ways to skin this cat and I hope that's the key theme you're getting from me here. As I said, this third point is you can only have the power of reverse engineering. So once you've got clear on what you want, then you step back and go, okay, well, there's a 20-year gap here. That's that that's roughly the year and stage that I want to be at to be able to choose not to work. And I'm going to step it back. Well, five years from there, where do I need to be at? 10 years from there, 15 from year. And if you're someone who's listening to this at 45 and you know that you've got a, you know, fingers crossed, a longevity of 85, you've got a 40-year window to set yourself up. 55, you've still got a 30-year window. 65, there is still 20 years. So much can shift in 12 months. And I'm very aware of that. And if you start to get yourself educated and start looking at lots of different possibilities rather than the conventional road, I know Mm. that you will see plenty of examples of people that their world has changed dramatically in 12 months, but it only came with clarity and it only came with intention and also support because it's unfamiliar. Okay, so the fourth thing I've learned, number four is, retirement or the world where you can choose not to work, that world is all about lifestyle. Probably not a light bulb moment for you, but it was for me. This ties in with the reverse engineering. What sort of life do you want to lead when you no longer have to work? What is it like in a daily sense? I'm talking about, you know, do you see yourself getting up in the morning and heading down to the coffee shop and spending a couple of leisurely hours there catching up with some mates? I can think about a beautiful bundle of humans right now at Cavarita that do that every single morning. And some of them are working, others are not. So the ones that are still working, they leave there earlier. They leave from the coffee shop earlier because they've still got to go to work. But those that have got themselves in a position of not having to work, they can stay there a couple of hours catching up, getting organized with what other things, other hobbies, you know, it might be a game of golf or it might be checking out this holiday they're doing or it might be, you know, working out where they want to volunteer. But what is the picture for you? What do you want? And as you start to really think about this, because if this is really unfamiliar to you, there'll be parts of you resisting it, dream what you want, not what you think you should have not some preconditioned default system Well, mum and dad had that or mum had this or dad had that or um, I'm I'm going to be this sort of age when I choose not to work so therefore I really should only be thinking about these things. Rubbish. Dream it. Think about it. Reflect on it. Spend some time on this. It is worth every second that you can bring into this because let's face it, I I play with some people or I spend time with people at the moment who are in their 70s and 80s, some of them 
have got to this stage, they have their health, but they have not thought very long or very hard about what that life looks like and they are biding time and they're hating themselves for it, but they hadn't got a clear picture of hobbies if they live long enough to be doing um, experiences that they wanted to experience as people they wanted to work with and meet. You owe it to yourself because the advances in modern medicine does provide us with these time at the end and I couldn't imagine a world where I was wishing for it to be over. Anyway, that could be a little bit down. Sorry about that, but it is. I spend some time with people in that headspace. Um, When we talk about retirement, it's all about lifestyle. The other thing I want you to really think about is that be careful of cultural prescriptions or um, they're almost a tribal prescription. It's a conditioning that this is all that really you should be considering because it's not true. That's a perception of reality that someone else has and we take them on unwittingly and unknowingly, but be very careful about them. What do you honestly, honestly, honestly want? And if you don't know the answer to that, that's okay. Share with someone who you know would support you and say to them, look, I'm really struggling with this. I've got the possibility of some amazing time available to me with some financial resources and I honestly don't know what I want. And that's, as a coach, that's what I help people with as well. Helping people to come to terms with what they honestly, truly want is one of the most fruitful experiences anyone goes through because once we can acknowledge what it is and then we can start to see it and feel it in our being with intention we actually just move forward in that space it's you know we always say seeing is believing but it's actually the opposite believing is seeing when you can actually spend the time to acknowledge what it is you want and get in the headspace that you believe it's something that you can have and usually we try to get them all at the same time It's just a matter of moving forward then, and it's pretty cool. Okay, so I've covered the four points till now. First one, it's never too late to get your act together and retire well and retire early, even if you're 45 listening to this, even if you're 55 listening to this. It's never about how much money you've earned or would would earn in the future. It's never about that about being really careful, knowing what it is you're currently already earning or making and being very focused on helping your money make more money for you, but getting your ducks in line. Third one was the power of reverse engineering, getting really, really clear on what it is you want. You know, I do liken it to being a bit like, you know, (laughs) if you're not doing this, you're going to get to that stage in your life and it's like someone's going to give you one of those old plane tickets that was a mystery flight and you wouldn't have a clue where you were going. You'd get to the airport and they would give you your ticket and go, oh, great, I'm going to Perth for the day. Great concept when you're younger and want to do it as a one day. But why would you want a mystery flight for your retirement? (laughs) It's crazy. Why not spend some time getting clear on what you want and reverse engineer from that? It will help also if you're someone that is frightened about do I have enough to retire? 
Because get clear on what you want and then you can start adding numbers. The fourth thing was retirement is all about lifestyle. You know, that active retirement, that um, being in a space where you can choose not to work, it's all about the lifestyle. And more often than not, when people get really clear on what their day is going to look like, their week, their month, their year, when they get clear on what that is and they start adding numbers to it, they are pleasantly surprised at what income or what amount of money they need available to them for that. Now, the fifth one, my final one, is not a surprise when you know that my whole year, uh, a big theme is about infinite possibilities. We call it abundant mindset. And the opposite of an abundant mindset is a fixed mindset. And a fixed mindset has got some really um, rigid parameters around what is possible, what's not possible. An example of a fixed mindset is, um, well, look, that's just my personality. That's just my upbringing. That's just my my um, education. And so that is all that's available to me. I can't rise above it. I can't change from it. Bunkum. Neuroplasticity is totally, re- you know, remove that from you. But you have to be someone that even recognizes that you're in that fixed mindset. The opposite, and and fixed mindset is scarcity, lack, and um, limited possibilities. Oh, there's only this is available to me. And it's so often when I work with a client, when they'll say, yes, but I've really only got this choice and this choice. And we go, okay, let's start playing with that. Is that true? And very quickly, I can help to question them to say, what are some other choices that you may not be considering because you have belief systems that it's not available to you? Or the, Let's park them for now. What are some other choices you have? And we can go from two to six to eight pretty quickly. Then we can narrow down from there because it comes down to what you want. But don't preordain it at one to two. Get into abundant mindset, which is all about infinite possibilities it does require you to get in the headspace of creative thinking, expansionary thinking. It's about a growth mindset, which is, yes, that's my temperament. That's my personality. That's how I grew up. That's my education. And I can grow and change and learn from here. And really the whole infinite possibilities, and that's abundance is the opposite to lack. And abundant mindset is very much about, wow, What is possible here? Let me open my mind to all the possibilities and then filter from that space. Because, I I mean, I know of people who have had some pretty interesting blind sightings in their midlife and they've got to, you know, their 60s and 70s and one thing that was opened up for them was to sell everything in Australia. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but sell everything in Australia and go and live in Asia where they'd enjoy travelling and the um, amount of money they had available to them in Australia, the lifestyle that they could live in these Asian countries is significantly higher than anything in Australia. And one of you or most of you might be screaming at me, but what about their family? And it's like, well, they had the wherewithal to have those family members brought over to them or they could come back regularly. That is just one example I'm talking about with infinite possibilities. Does that mean that that's yours? No. You're the only person that knows what it is that you would like to do. But first go through a lens of really exploring lots and lots and lots of opportunities 
then filter through the lens of what you want, not what you think you should do or have to do. So that is my fifth learning that I wish I'd known at 45 is that there are infinite possibilities to being able to retire early and retire well, definitely from 45, definitely from 55. And as I said, you know, so much can change within 12 months with clarity, with intention and getting really clear on what it is you want and getting support around you to be able to move forward. So if this has resonated with you, what are the first steps to take? Well, the first thing is to acknowledge that in the back of your mind, there's been a little bit of an inkling that you want to start considering what your life looks like um, for you and maybe your partner with you outside of day-to-day work or outside of, um, you know, a full-time working world. So the first step is to give yourself permission that it's okay to be thinking like that. The very fact that you may even consider retirement when you're as young as 45, that is a perfect time to be starting to consider it. It's um, So just giving yourself permission. But then the second step from that is absolutely please download my workbook, get on the link and, and download it and go through the little exercises I've got in there because it's got some really cool actionable steps to help you get clear. Now, when a human gets clear on what they want, the rest is reasonably easier and it gets easier with support. But half the battle with stuck humans is they go round and round in circles, as you know, change U-turns or change roundabouts, because they just don't spend the time to get clear. They don't put a spoke in that wheel, sorry, a stick in that wheel and, and stop it. Take the time to reflect, do um, a workbook like the one I've got, get clear on what they want and then start to move forward because then you get to move forward with ease and with clarity and confidence. And the more things you do with confidence, the more confidence you gain. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Are you struggling to get on the same page with your husband about this next chapter of life? Perhaps you're ready to talk about retirement and succession planning and he just doesn't want to discuss it. Make sure you download my free guide to getting on the same page full of actionable steps and exercises to help you plan what's next. Click on the link in the show notes in your podcast app. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.